Pesachim, Perik Dalad, Mishnehei, 4-5, one more on Minhagim, unrelated to Pesach. Here we're talking about the Minag of not doing Malacha on Tisha B'Av. Now Tisha B'Av, the ninth day of Av, of course commemorates a number of things. The Mishnah in Tanis brings five things. Most centrally, centrally the loss of the Batei Mikdash, the base of Mikdash, and by Shani specifically. And one is to be in Avelis in mourning. Now when it comes to proper Avelis, real mourning, meaning for one's relative. So the doing of malach in general is prohibited. However, the status of the mourning on Tishabav is actually called like an Avelis Yashana, an, an old mourning, meaning that we're mourning the event of the loss of the base of English, which happened long ago. And therefore, the intensity is less severe. And although it's important for one to feel the loss of the base of Mikdash, the question is whether one really should not work to feel it so strongly. And we see, according to the Mishnah, that there's different menhagim, whether or not to do malacha. The kind, we're not, not talking about a momentary malacha like turning on a light switch, but rather something that would t- distract your attention so you'd be mesiach da'as, you would stop focusing on the loss of the base of Mikdash. And therefore the mission says, Osin. In a locale where the custom is to do malacha on Tishabav day, so then, Osin, one may do so. In contrast, in a locale where the custom is not to do malacha on Tishabav, then one may not. This is by force of a minhag, of a custom. At all events, Talmidi Chacham Batelim. The Mishnah says that while regular people may or may not refrain from malacha based on local customs, it's proper in all places for Talmudei Chachamim to refrain from malacha because they should be or they ought to be trying to be in distress over the base of Mikdash. And that being the case, it's improper for them to do malacha anywhere. Now, if you're a Talmud Chacham and you're acting in a way which is in contrast to what the rest of the community is doing, that would not be so uncommon. In many ways, Talmud Chacham, like so for example, Tum and Dahara, are known to act differently than everyone else, and that's perfectly fine. The question is, what if a person isn't yet a Talmud Chacham? So while it's clear if you know who you are, what if you're not there yet, but you want to conduct yourself like a Talmud Chacham to feel, or to try to feel, the intensive of, of the loss of the base of Mikdash? So, According to Tanakama, you would not be allowed to refrain from malacha if you're not a Tamachacham in a place where they indeed do malacha. The reason being because that would be called Mechsi Kayura. You would appear arrogant in the eyes of others, and that is since Yura, since arrogance, is the worst of all Midos. We don't want someone to inculcate that or even to um, have a, a hint of such a Mida. Therefore, it's improper for a person to refrain from malacha and ascribe to himself the status as if he were a tamachacham when in fact he's not. However, Rabban Shimon Gamliel Omer, Rabban Shimon Gamliel says anybody who wants to can take on such a custom and comport himself as if he were a tamachacham, um, at least with respect to the lachas of not working on Tishabav. So Rabbi Shimon says that's going to be fine, and he doesn't think there's a mechsikura issue problem here, um, either because he, he doesn't concern himself with mechsikura, um, 
or, and you'll notice that will be in con- that will be um, in contrast to what he said back in Brachas, if you recall back there, um, regarding saying Kriyashma on the night of, of one's wedding, etc. Or here, Rabbi Shem Galil says it's it's not an issue of yura of mechzik yura of appearing arrogant because just because a person's not doing malach on erev on erev uh, excuse me on on Tishabav, he's not standing out. He's just not doing malach. No one will look at him and say, "How come he's not working harder?" Maybe he has nothing to do. There's plenty of people who have nothing to do, so he does nothing to do also, perhaps, and therefore it wouldn't constitute um, appearing arrogant. Therefore, he says it's appropriate one who wants to do so may. Now. At all events, the halacha lamaisa is that one. Well, the halacha lamaisa is like the Tanakama, meaning that one may do malacha in a place where the custom is to do so. Um, the Shulchan Aruch definitely says that one who wants to act like a Mishim Gulil may act as such. And the Gemara Tainus even says, to the contrary, one who does malacha on Tishabav will see no and bracha from it, he'll gain nothing from it. Um, so one certainly could do that if he wants to. Halacha lamais lamais, so when it comes to Ashkenazim, the Ramah Paskins, that there's a universal minog for us not to do malach in the first half of the day of Tishabav, up to Chatzos, and at that time would be permitted, excuse me, forbidden to do so, halacha lamais for us, and to do things that distract you from the morning, and the afternoon it becomes, it becomes permitted again. Now, period, new paragraph. The mission now returns back to an old topic, the topic of the first Mishnah of our, of our parak. We started out by talking about doing malacha on Erev Pesach. And there we said that while the second half of the day is certainly, it's forbidden to do malacha, it's like a quasi-holiday, like uh, kind of like Cholamot, but the first half of the day was subject to, machlo, to, to various minhagim. And we said in the first Mishnah there, you have to conduct yourself according to the local minhag. Now, here, our Mishnah, according to Bartzner, will disagree with that. And it will say that there's actually specific dinam l'halacha, medirabanan, whether or not one may do malacha on Erev Pesach. And the Mishnah says, Chacham omrim b'yehuda, in Yehuda, that's, I'll call it the southern part of Israel, hayu osin malacha ba'arve p'sachem ad chatzos. They would indeed do malacha um, in the first half of the day until chatzos. Uva galil, however, in the galil, that we'll call the northern part of Israel, lo hayu osin kol ikar. They would not do any malacha on Erev Pesach by force of a, of a din to Rabbanon, um, meaning it's not just a minhag. There'd be nafkaminis for that if it's by force of a di- of minhag versus of a din to Rabbanon. Like, for example, if a person starts out in the Galil and then moved to Yehuda, so in the Galil it was forbidden to do malacha the first half of the day, and in the Galil it's permitted. If it was a matter of minhag, only, so we said you have to keep the minhag of where you came from and where you are. So that would be true. So the guy from the Galil going to, the, to Yehuda would have to, uh, would not be able to do malacha based on his old minhag. However, if a person moved from the Galil to Yehuda and did not intend to return to the Galil, so now he's got a new home, and he would take on the minhag of his local, his new home, and, and leave those old minhag, meaning now it would become permitted for him to do, to do malacha in Yehuda, on Erev Pesach. However, that's only if it's by force of a minhag. Then you take on the new minhag when you move. However, if it were by force of an actual dinder so changing location doesn't change things. And therefore, if the din is a dinder the people of Galil who relocate to Yehuda would still be forbidden to do malacha, even in Yehuda, even where the minhag over there is, he has to do it, because from their perspective, it's us or minhag rabbanan to do malacha on Erev Pesach. So that would be a big nafkamina, according to our Mishnah, um, if it were a dinder or simply a minhag. Now, 
The question is now, in Yehuda, excuse me, in the Galil, where they're not doing Malacha the whole day on Arab Pesach, what about the night before? Usually in Jewish law, the day begins the night before. And therefore, the Mishnah says, Vahalayla, as for the night before, Beishamai Osrin. Beishamai says, yes, the Minag is indeed, or the Halacha is indeed, in the Galil, that one may not do Malacha even on the preceding night, meaning from the night of Padikas Chametz onwards. However, Ubeis Hillel Matirin Adhanei Beis Hillel say, no, it's not like a normal all-day Yom Tov, if you will. I'm rather, it's something comparable to a fast day. And on a normal fast day, like, say, um, whatever, Tanah Esther or the 17th of Tammuz, 10th of Tevis, etc. So the fast only begins in the morning. It doesn't begin the night before. And that being the case, similarly, Beis Hillel say, the restriction on working only kicks in even where it's forbidden to work on Erev Pesach from the day. Now, FYI, when it comes to normal daytime things, like the daytime fast, for example, Lalache it begins from Alos HaShachar, which is first light, which occurs about 72 minutes, let's say, before Netzachama, before um, sunrise. Uh, Netzachama is like when the sun appears on the horizon, and it starts getting light long before that. And Lalache day begins at the first light, not at the actual sunrise. The reason why here it's more lenient is because, in general, people don't go out to work until sunrise. They're not going to out to doing work earlier than that, typically. And therefore, when they made this dinder banan of restricting doing work on the first half of the day of Arab Pesach, they didn't do it prior to Nitzchama because that wasn't a normal thing for people to do, and therefore they didn't make any dinder banan against it.